Welcome back. Welcome back. It's the Deep Cover Podcast. It's Mike, joined by Carrie and Chris, as usual. And we have another special guest this week. Uh, Let me check in with the guys real quick, and then I'll give our guest his proper introduction. Uh, I'll start with you, Carrie. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, You know, exciting time to be a Ravens fan. Uh, You know, just enjoying this buy and enjoying, you know, the new acquisitions um, and um, ready, ready for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh week, Pittsburgh week, always, always a big week. Chris, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Similar to Kerry, just, uh, you know, you you have the week before, you, you they get in Gakwe, they have a bye, so you get to laugh at all the other teams that are, whose fan bases are going crazy. And um, and now we have Steelers week, so it's um, it's been good. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. You you mentioned the uh, the acquisition of Yannick Ngakwe. Of course, they signed Des Bryant to the practice squad. Big names all over the place. Very exciting. But now let me introduce our special guest. Uh, he is Brian McFarlane at Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. You can also see his work over at Russell Street uh, Report. Uh, Brian, how are you doing tonight? Good, gentlemen. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you. We thought uh, with all of the activity, uh, when we first reached out to you, I don't think any of these moves had actually occurred no, yet. No, they hadn't, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we, you know, the intent was, well, hey, Brian be the perfect guy to talk to as the trade as the trade deadline approaches to kind of talk about, you know, where the, the Ravens are from a cap standpoint and, you know, maybe what kind of things they might be able to do. Uh, and now they've gone out and actually done some things. Um, but before we get into those specific moves and maybe a couple other topics, I wanted to start by kind of asking you how you became a Ravens fan. I I don't know if you've, if you've heard any of our previous episodes, but, uh, I was a Cleveland Browns fan, like original Cleveland Brown fan. And, and so that's sort of how I made my way, uh, to becoming a Ravens fan. Everybody kind of has their own story about how they get there, right? So uh, I guess we wanted to start there with you. How did you become a Ravens fan? Well, I'm I'm born and bred in Baltimore. Um, so I was uh, around for the Colts when I was little. Um, and um, it was just natural to, uh, you know, root for the home team. So, um, so I, you know, picked them up early, got tickets, individual tickets the first season uh picked up season tickets thereafter and have kept it all the way through um i became uh, a capologist i guess is that that's what people call me um by um i really when when they when the ravens had their big purge in uh 2001 or 2002 after the 2001 season and the sun pay, we're all new to the salary cap from you know even from back from the colts days i didn't understand what they didn't have a salary cap so who you know, who knew what it was? And all the Baltimore Sun could do was say, for cap reasons, they have to cut these guys. And th- for this reason and that reason. But it's all capped. But they never explained what that meant. So I started kind of digging into it. And over the next year or so, I kind of picked up a lot of the nuances and started writing about it on message boards. Um, and from there, um, uh, Tony Lombardi, uh, once a bunch of us moved, well, there were different incarnations of message boards, but we ended up on the what well, was then the Ravens 24 seven um, message board, which obviously became Russell street report. And um, he saw my work and, you know, asked me to join him and start writing. And so in 2000, I've been doing, I've been with Russell street report since 2006, writing the cap information. So um, Carrie's a longtime veteran of, uh, of, uh, I believe of, of uh, message boards, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Yes. sir. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I hear a lot of people talk about the boards. I've never been on them, <laughs> but I hear people talk about it all the time. I've heard you uh, now, Carrie. Uh, I think some some people who listen to the show might know Cole Jackson. Right. Um, King Moose is another guy that's out there. Yoshi, uh, 2052, who does a lot of sort of analytics, football analytics kind of stuff. Uh, seems like there's a ton of really interesting discussion 
uh, that goes on there. But Cole also says, yeah, it's, there's a lot of other stuff. That, uh, other than that, well, I've kind of gotten away from it. Uh, <laughs> Twitter Twitter took care of, of that to an extent because I can get the information out that way. Yeah. Uh, Dev, Dev was a big, uh, mm-hmm. he was, he, he and I go way back um, through the message boards from, because there was uh, Raven's Roost something or the other that had a board, the Sun had a board, um, there were a couple others, but yeah, Dev and I go, that's how I got met, quote unquote, Dev going way back. Dev and Chris are pretty much neighbors, right, up there oh. in New York, Chris? Yeah, we found out, um, I think earlier this year, that he lives like about 15 minutes away from me. Oh, nice. It, yeah, it, you're kind of making me jealous with all this message board talk because living out of state, you really don't have anybody to talk to about the Ravens. Like, if I talk to my friends about the Ravens, I'm going to get an eye roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> None of them care about it. So that would have been cool to grow up and, and have those message boards around the you know, you know, bounce Street, idea, though. Yeah, Russell Street Report still has one. So, uh, But yeah. I think Twitter kind of helps out with that now. Um, certainly for me, it gets my fix and... There's just too much arguing on message boards. So at some point, uh, not that there isn't on Twitter at times, too, but I find it easier to ignore on Twitter for some reason. Chris, that's interesting. Your, your friends, they, they can't want to talk about the Giants and the Jets, can they? <laughs> well, that's true. want to talk about that. No, the, the, the funny thing is, is most of them, they aren't really fans of the Giants or the Jets. It's mostly like Green Bay, the Niners, the Cowboys. So. Oh. Yeah, they, they don't really like the Giants and the Jets that much. I guess because they, they play in Jersey. I don't know. So they don't have that connection with them. Maybe that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. Okay. I can see that a little bit. I can see that a little bit. Well, now you now you, you know there's a whole world out there available uh, to you, in addition to Twitter. Like, if you don't get enough from Twitter, there's a whole world. <laughs> no, t- whole... Twitter Twitter's more than enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does leave you a little full sometimes. Sometimes you got to back up. You got to get up from the table with Twitter a little bit sometimes. Um, but, Brian, so we'll dive right into some of these topics. Um, and I guess it's a good way to kind of weave in some of these recent acquisitions. So we were going to just kind of start you off with a, you know, sort of a blank slate and just kind of talk about uh, where the Ravens sit cap wise right now. And, you know, we were thinking about, well, you know, what's ways that they could create some space to make some moves? Well, they've made these moves now. And so with these moves, I don't know what's been reported and what's not been reported, but we still kind of want to give you just that blank slate to start with and kind of where the Ravens are uh, from a cap standpoint. Sure. So right now we still have one variable out there that um, it will have to I'll, I'll, I'll explain. But right now they sit at just two point eight million with just two point eight million in cap space um, or two point eight five, actually. So um, that is bare, that is enough probably to sustain them through the season um, to acquire somebody in the next couple of days is going to require some maneuvering. Um, that does include they had they had about eight million uh, when Nagakwe came over. He took he's taking up about five point three of that uh, or five point two of that. So that gets you down to the two point two point eight five. So um, Bryant is an Bryant's just a wash. They cut Gilchrist and and signed uh, Bryant in his place um, under the CBA. Veterans make twelve thousand a week on the uh, practice squad. So that was just a wash. Um, uh, you know, one for the other, so that that didn't change uh, cap space at all. Nagakwe obviously took a big chunk of what they had, um, so that's where they sit right now. This big variable still is this is this Earl Thomas grievance. Um, he was supposed to have filed by early this month. I had two very good sources tell me that he did file. I actually one of them sent me some uh, some information from the NFLPA that said. It had a notation on it that it said grievance filed. Um, that said, it's never hit anywhere. It's never hit the NFLPA. It's never hit um, NFL's. Um, uh, some of the reporters have information directly from NFL. The last one I saw didn't have it there. Um, so that is supposed to, if he files a grievance, hit $4 million against the cap, which would actually put them over the cap. There's no indication they've restructured anybody either. So maybe he didn't file or maybe he filed and then withdrew it. Um, Tony Lombardi gave me some information that he had a, a, a source um, within the Ravens say, don't worry that we call it that four million dollars called a placeholder. He said, don't worry about the placeholder. 
Not sure what that means. <laughs> exactly. Did it go um, away? Is it? Yeah. Does it not exist anymore? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. So maybe, he, like I said, maybe he withdrew it. I, I don't know. Um, Jeff Schriebeck, uh, in one of his articles recently, said um, that he had a source that said there was a piece missing. The public doesn't know about the cap, which would have to be seemingly due with either Earl Thomas or they've restructured a deal and it just hasn't become public yet. I don't know. To be determined. Either way, they don't have a lot. Even if even if they restructure somebody and that covers the Earl Thomas four million, they're not going to have a lot of cap space to do much else um, unless they restructure somebody else. So, you know, that's always possible. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time right now, because I think after those acquisitions were announced, I, I might I don't want to misquoting, but I think Eric DaCosta said something like they're not done yet. Right. Or, right. They're still building um, the roster, which could mean a lot of things, right? It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go out and trade for right. another player. It could and, mean and, that could, and that could have meant Dez, too. I don't remember yeah. the timing. That could have meant that could have meant Dez, which I think was rumored at that point, or maybe it wasn't. But yeah, so I mean, there's you know, they there's always ways they can maneuver. There's really nobody they could cut to create cap space at this point. Um, so it would have to come through a restructure. Um, Peters is the most likely one for that. Um, of course, now if they if they can reach a um, you know a long term agreement with Stanley, then that would create ample cap space. And then you're talking about a bigger you'd probably be able to bring in a bigger name because that could that could create you know four or five million in cap space uh, there. So, um, but there's been you know not there was any indication Humphrey was about to sign either, but um, there hasn't been any indication that Stanley's close. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't heard much on that front at all um which you know doesn't necessarily mean that anything isn't happening i know andrew brant on twitter likes to say deadlines spur actions so correct they don't they don't have that right now with Ronnie. Right. So, right 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 so they've got some time um so i think another thing we wanted to jump in i might kind of switch the order of these kind of around a little bit just for for flow sort of purposes sure. um just as we were talking about ronnie um so Maybe so. Let's let's move forward, sort of a year, right? Looking towards 2021. Obviously, okay. you mentioned Ronnie, and you know uh, you'd like to see them get you know a long-term deal done with him if they decide that's what they want to do. Obviously, Matt Judon is on the franchise tag. I think Ngakwe is still on a tag from Minnesota, right? Correct. Something like that. So, just you know, as much as you can. I mean, I know there's there's some unknowns, but kind of. I guess asking you to project a little bit about where you think they might be headed uh, in 2021 in terms of cap and, and some things that they might might do or, or might need to do uh, in terms of making decisions. Well, the good thing is they're they're in pretty good shape considering right now they're looking at um, they have a floor of 175 million for the cap. Uh, right now the cap is is 198. So that's almost a 25 million, potentially almost a 25 million dollar dip in the cap. Um, we were expecting the cap to go up to about a, 215. So there you're looking at a, a potentially a 40 thousand dollar dip over what teams were, you know, basing a lot of their contracts on. So the Ravens are in decent shape. They're about 38 million under the 175. So they're in good shape there. Though 38 million doesn't go the way it used to, um, you know, this time last year, I guess before the Peters contract, uh, you know, I mean, they, I, wrote, I should say the offseason before when they signed Earl Thomas and guys like that, they were looking at having 100 million the next year. Well, once you sign guys, their numbers go up the next year. And of course, they re-signed Peters. So, I mean, he did a lot of work. And so all of a sudden, you know, when we hit this time last year, they only had maybe 40 million and it really didn't go that far. Um, there, cause there are other variables involved. Um, so then, so now you're looking at the three big, um, ticket items, Stanley, Nagakwe and Judah. Um, and I, you know, if the cap were at 215, if that's where it were like it, we were expecting, you might be able to get all three back. Um, certainly two of the three, um, where it is, yeah, you, I mean, you got to fran. I think you probably have to franchise Stanley if you don't get him back. Um, Judon would be too expensive because his cap would be 
120% of what it was this year. Even if the cap goes down, he gets paid 120, so he can't go down. And same with Nagakwe, he can't go down either, even though he redid his deal with Minnesota, when he was traded to Minnesota to take less. But he's still technically under that cap. Um, so, so which is basically, uh, well, so I think he had the defensive end cap or, or uh, tag, which was higher than uh, than Judon's. Because Judon's, they settled between the lot outside linebacker. They should just have an edge category. I don't yeah. understand, but uh, you know, I didn't. I guess they had so many. You know, that was a small fish to fry when they were redoing the CBA. So, um, so that's um, you know, so that's that's where they are. Um, you know, it, stand, tagging Stanley probably is you know going to ha- have to happen unless they can get a deal with him. They need to get a deal done with somebody. And now we can, you know, we're going to for the next however many months, we're going to debate which of the, the edges is the guy to keep um, if they have to keep just one. But, um, you know, I, obviously it depends. Nagakwe puts up two sacks from here on out. He's probably not the guy. He puts up 10 sacks from here on out. And he's, you know, it's going to be hard to let him walk. So um, so they're in decent shape compared to other teams. They're in much better shape than a lot of teams. I mean, a lot of teams. What is it? I think like the. Is it the Saints or the Eagles are like 70 million over that low cap number, that 175? Now, there's probably going to be some adjustments to that. They, in the past, when the cap has gone down, they've allowed teams to borrow from future caps. Um, so you could borrow 10 million dollars and pay it back two million dollars a year over five, five you know, years in the in, in, in towards you know towards the end of the CBA. Once the cap has gone up a lot, and that doesn't hurt as much. Um, so, so it may not be the 175, but regardless, the Ravens are in decent shape. Um, I think there's, I'm trying to think there's, if there's any other, those are the three main free agents. Now they you know, there's, there's, um, you know, talk, you know, you got to think about extensions. Um, yeah. you know, um, Orlando Brown is a, it will be a possibility. Um, Andrews is a possibility. And then of course the big one, Lamar would yeah. be, ele- be eligible, but you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting if the cap does go down to 175. I think a lot of players are going to wait a year, want to wait a year because they don't, we don't know what's going to happen. You wait a year and everything's quote unquote back to normal. And hopefully everything in the world's back to normal. Um, and then if the cap is back to normal, then, you know, you can, there's less uncertainty when you're, negotiating a contract Lamar might feel the same way um you know I'll, I'll play it out another year because, or some guys might take a one-year deal um you know some of your lesser guys might say well you know I, I'm comfortable I'm comfortable here um I'm trying to think who's a good example on the Ravens who's who's up for a free agency who might get a decent deal somewhere but you know I don't think you're going to be a lot of money in free agency so maybe I'll come back to the Ravens you know, play on a lesser deal for a year because this is a good place for me. I can put up stats. I can do things like that. Um, and, you know, I fit in well here. And then next year I can hit the market uh, when the market is flush with cash. So there's just so many variables, unfortunately, with this COVID, uh, uh, with these COVID rules and where the cap might go, that it's it's kind of hard to project. But at least at least it's easy to say we're in better shape than most. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Tyus Bowser might be one of those kinds of guys. That, that's a perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because we know uh, we saw what happened with Zadarius Smith a couple of years ago. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, you look, I was looking the other day, just kind of comparing some of their numbers. And I'm like, man, Bowser's not that far behind just no. in terms of sacks over a four year period. I want to say yeah. he's like eight behind something like that. And we right. saw what Green Bay gave Zadarius. Right. They, they, <laughs> so, they, I, I know we were all shocked, but he's he's certainly earned it, you know. Yes, yes, uh, and some. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then with Ronnie, uh, that deal, I think the big outlier out there is Laramie Tunsil. You know, oh, absolutely. And you're, <laughs> and yeah, you're I, thinking if it's going to be anywhere in that in that neighborhood, that 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 seems like a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I mean, he's he's the only. I mean, the other thing with him is he gets banged up a bit. Now he doesn't miss many games. But he gets banged up a bit, so you got you got to factor that in. But uh, you know, what are you gonna uh, what are you gonna do? You got, you'd have to you'd have to draft a left tackle as high, and you know, before drafting late, you know, who can say that guy's gonna be a starter? So uh, there's certain players I think when you got them, you gotta you gotta bring them back. Um, you find a way. Now, hopefully, 
if he wants if he wants to top Tunsil, that's going to be tough to swallow, as you said. But hopefully, there's you know Humphrey didn't he he didn't top Ramsey. He topped everybody else, but he didn't top Ramsey. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, so hopefully Stanley feels the same that 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 contract because um, Tunsil and Ramsey were the same kind of guy. Trade for him, don't sign him to a great, don't sign him to a long term deal, and wait, and then you just give the guy, and then you just give the guy all the leverage in the world because you can't let him leave. Yeah. Um, you can't, you just can't let him go. So you've got to, you've got to, you know, pay the piper, so to speak. So. Hopefully, you know, Stanley isn't looking for that kind of deal, but they haven't they haven't reached one. So you have to wonder. Yeah. And he he even if he doesn't look for that kind of deal, it seems like he almost has them in a similar situation because you've got to protect this investment with Lamar. Yeah. I mean, you, you, oh, yeah. you've got to you've got to protect this guy. And if you've got one of the best young left tackles in the league, which I, I think Stanley certainly is, um, you almost have to you know pay the piper. Um, but I, I, like you, I sure hope it's not the Laramie Tuntle Piper. That, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no doubt. That's that's a tough one. That yeah, is a that's, tough one. that's when you know poorly run teams. You know, you, when you're even you're when you're a good, a very well run team, poorly well team, poorly run teams can screw you basically because they make you have to pay more than you know you would have. And you know, Stanley waited it out. Um, you know, there's no way he was going to sign before Tunsil because he knew whether he goes that high or it gets him an extra million a year because, you know, the prior was what, I think 17 million a year and Tunsil goes over 20 million a year. I mean, that's a huge jump. So, you know, Stanley could have argued, well, I deserve to get, you know, 17, 17.1 just to top the old deal. But now he's saying I can get 19, you know, and that's a big difference. If only they had fired Bill O'Brien like a year earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Maybe no we doubt. could have we could have avoided this situation. And like you mentioned, Lamar <laughs> makes all the, the the sense in the world for him if the cap is projected to go down to kind of wait because obviously he's got to be looking at Patrick Mahomes deal and thinking if I can get anywhere close to that, I've oh, got yeah. I've got to wait and and sort of take a shot at that. Yeah. Um, which that the, that number those numbers they just like boggle my mind. Like I yeah. I have a hard time wrapping. I've seen them. We've all seen them. Yeah. It's just like conceptually, yeah. <laughs> like that is a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it's a, that was a that one came out of nowhere too because you saw shorter term deals and then all of a sudden you, you see a ten year deal which is unheard of has been unheard of. I thought after the um, the Kirk Cousins deal, the fully guarantee, I was like, yeah. well, that's what that's what we're gonna see from here on out. The shorter term, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they went in a different direction with that. Yeah. Money, so. Yeah. You know, what, what do you, it's what do you it's get? funny. It's funny looking at those contracts now and then comparing it to the Joe Flacco contract. How <laughs> like we were like, oh, my goodness, look at yeah. all that money Joe's getting. And little under a decade later, and yeah. they're blowing that contract out of the water right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he went from, you know, 20, I guess Joe's average the first deal, not the second one. But I think it averaged like 23 a year. And now you're you know, your top guys are averaging over 40. So yeah, <laughs> business has been good apparently. Yes, it has. Business, yes, it has. business has been very good. Um, okay, so th- this this part gets into being a little more speculative, I guess, because it's it's not necessarily related to the cap, although it has cap implication. We do have the trade dead uh, trade deadline. I keep wanting to say trade. I don't know why. I must be thinking about the tires on my car or something. <laughs> the trade deadline approaching. I think it's November third. Is that correct? Yes. I think it's great. Okay. So this is where we get to have a little fun, right? Like we do, like everybody does on Twitter. Like let's trade for every mm-hmm. great player in the league. Um, obviously they've traded for Ngakwe. So now they have, I, I would say, uh, a, a pass rushing skill set that they didn't currently have on the roster. I mean, he's, he's a guy who is a true edge bending type of rusher. And well, you know, while I think Judah can do that at times, I think if you were to just take the two side by side and watch them play, you'd say, hey, Ngakwe has that skill set probably a little more consistently uh, than Judah. Not to diminish Judah in any way. There's just different players that way. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you 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 know, you bring Des Bryant in on your practice squad. You know, that's a little bit of a wait and see, I think, kind of deal. I mean, who knows um, what what happens there? But obviously we know his pedigree. You know, we know what what Des had has done in the league. But 
I don't think he's he's done anything in the league <laughs> since 2017, right, or 2018, something like that. 2017. 17, yeah. yeah. 17. So it's a little bit of a wait and see. So setting all of that up, uh, and I'll start with you. I think you know maybe I'll, I'll let everybody kind of take a crack at this one, but I'll start with you, Brian. Do you do you foresee um, one? This yeah, let's start with that. So one, do you foresee any other maneuvers? And then two, is there another maneuver at, at, at any position that you can think of that you think they might need to make or that you'd like to see them make? Yeah, I mean, obviously I think the two places right now, um, if you're adding somebody, would have to be, at least in my mind, interior offensive line, a center, um, or a guard. Uh, you know, we all knew Yonda was all world. I don't know if we knew it was going to be this much of a fall off. I hate this, you know, uh, that's not saying anything bad about the guys who have come in, but you know, um, it's just, it's, and it's just remarkable, the difference. Um, and maybe Skur is not fully healthy yet either as well. So maybe it's a, you know, a combination of things there. Um, so I would say that, and obviously wide receiver, um, you know, there's, as you said, there's no, you know, no guarantee on Dez. So if, if some option came up that they could get a, you know, a veteran wide receiver, um, you know, then, you know, and, and again, cap is going to be hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, but they have the ability to make other moves if they, you know, if, if it's something and DaCosta has clearly shown that he's going to be aggressive. Um, you know, the trade deadline trades were, and I granted around the NFL, they're becoming more, more common, but, you know, for years, I mean, you know, now we kind of talk about the NFL trade deadline some, somewhat like uh, baseball's trade deadline, whereas in the past it was just a non-entity because there might have been one or two minor trades. Um, so those would be, I, I would think those are probably the two spots. I mean, I guess if you can get maybe, you know, some depth, some veteran depth in the secondary, um, you know, maybe there's a move there. Um you know, I know a lot of people have talked about um, uh, is he in San, the guy in San Diego. Um, Desmond King. Des- yeah, Desmond, Desmond King. King. I was going to say Kevin King, but I'd love to have Kev- Kevin King, but I don't think Green Bay's <laughs> giving him up. Um, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a, you know, that's a, that's certainly a move that's I guess is possible because uh, that one's a very relatively cheap move that they could not have to do too much to get in. So, you know, it may, be, it may end up being that kind of move that, that it's, you know, more of a depth kind of move with the caps, you know, as opposed to a big ticket item. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think those are all good ones. So I'll, I'll kick this one around the room. Like I said, Kerry, I'll start with you. So same, same two questions. One, uh, do you think the Ravens will make any more moves uh, by the trade deadline? And two, what, what position do you think maybe that needs to, to happen at or, or, or where would you like to see it happen? Yeah, this one is tricky, man, because it's one of those situations where, um, you know, wide receiver is kind of the low hanging fruit. Uh, they brought in Dez. Um, I don't think I think Dez can help um, potentially down the line. I mean, we we really don't know what we have in Dez. But the last time we saw Dez, I felt like he was kind of transitioning more into like a big slot uh, contested catch kind of guy. And I think with this iteration of this team, this offense, what Lamar needs um, is someone that can can separate someone that can create a bit after the catch. I think he could use one more guy like that. So guys like that, they're expensive, you know, as far as salary and they're expensive uh, as far as uh, the draft capital is going to take to make that kind of move. And so, you know, you know, DaCosta, you know, he he you watch him and if he doesn't have a third round pick, you know, he's ready to pass out. So, you know, right now going into the 2021 draft, they have their first, their second, their fourth and I believe their sixth. And uh, I believe they're slated to get somewhere between the fifth and a sixth uh, round compensatory pick. So, you know, those are things where um, in the draft, they can probably trade down out of that second round pick and probably recoup recoup some of that, um, you know, capital for 2021. But, you know, it would be unlikely, I would say, for them to make a, a move where they're trading that second round pick or maybe even the fourth, you know, it'd be kind of a stretch. It'll, it would be against what we would 
normally see from a, a Ravens team. So that's where kind of the rub lies with me. I mean, wide receiver is is clear, um, but like I said, the guys that can really make a difference are probably too expensive. Um, you know, from a, a salary standpoint and from a um, you know draft capital standpoint. Um, and then the guys that are attainable, you know, are they really worth bringing in? I, I think of a guy like a like a Dante Pettis. You could make a, a you know low risk flyer kind of move on him, um, but how much does he move the needle this year? It, you know that kind of thing. Um, an interesting one I would would say is maybe like a Golden Tate. You know, maybe you can bring him in. You would probably have to restructure Peters to do that, um, to kind of cover the portion of his salary. Um, but I, I think he's kind of interesting. But then it, it, it becomes a thing of how, how much of a draft pick do you have to give up to, to be able to make that move? So right now, I kind of lean towards maybe this is all we see. I mean, that Desmond King one is, is interesting because he has a really low... Um, I think he's like making like two million or something this year. So and, and you know, that was sure of that that slot corner position and you know give them some depth and some versatility there. Um but I, I'm kinda leaning more towards we've seen the last of what they'll do. And I'll say that and then they'll they'll trade for like <laughs> Leo Jones tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh he he definitely keeps you on your toes, Eric Acosta. He like Brian said, he's he's aggressive, he's proven that. Uh, just in the short time that he's been the GM. But uh, before I, I ask you, Chris, I will say I, I'm on I'm on uh, team cornerback. Uh, uh, I am a fan of the defensive side of the ball. So if they were to, you know, make another acquisition, I would love to see a cornerback, whether it's Desmond King, Brian Poole's a name I've seen out there, even Logan Ryan, you know somebody who can maybe give you a little bit of corner and a little bit of safety ability. And of course, Chris, you know, who's out there, uh, who they, you don't have to trade for him. He's available. He's there. If you want to go get him. Uh, the name that I will not mention, <laughs> the name that I will not mention because of my fondness for him. But, uh, Chris, let me turn it over to you. Uh, same two. one. Do you think they'll make another move? And then two, uh, where do you think that move might be? And then what, what would you uh, want to see in terms of a, of a position they might acquire? Well, just hold on one second. Cause you lost me there for a second. Who were you talking about? Brandon Carr. Oh, Brandon. Oh, that's how could Brandon I Carr, how my I guy. I'm, I'd be surprised right now if you don't even have a, a Brandon Carr tattoo on you somewhere. <laughs> don't have a tattoo. <laughs> Not yet. I might have a Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, no, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with uh, Kerry and Brian um, as far as, you know, a guy like Desmond King, uh, that that'll be a guy that, you know, could fit, fit right in into the slot, has has experience playing in the safety role as well. He can be interchangeable just how they, they like to have, you know, your guy, um, Brandon Carr. But um, and he also brings some of that that uh, return value as well as a punt returner. But um, another guy that I think on the offensive side who could be could be interesting is uh Evan Ingram. Now, I know he came off a horrendous game the other day where he basically lost the game for the Giants last week, uh nationally televised game. So uh he's not the most popular guy right now on Ravens Twitter, but I think he can add something in that that third tight end role where you know he could stress defenses in the seam because he's a guy that I believe he ran a faster forty than Odell Beckham. So he's he's a guy that would bring some some speed in, on the interior as far as those seam routes are concerned. And and, you know, he's a he, he's still a talented guy. There's a reason why he was drafted in the first first half of the first round um, that that just doesn't go away. And, and I believe he's relatively cheap because he's still on his rookie deal. Um, but that that's the only guy that that really comes to mind as far as there being maybe some kind of deal. And, and that report leaked out that the Ravens well, the rumor that they were probably in on uh, on Zach Ertz before he got injured. So uh, maybe they're, they're still, you know, fishing and, and looking around for some tight end help. Wow, I had, I had not heard that one. I didn't see that. Was that today that that, that came out? 
Yeah, so pa- apparently the the Packers and the the Ravens were in on what well, were trying oh. to you know fishing around about Zachary. Sure. Wow. Yeah, before he was he was injured and, and placed on IR, so you know the timing. If, if it right, were true, right. timing there kind of sucks because obviously right. that would that would be a huge addition uh, to their team. And it's interesting because I've, I've heard you know several other people on Twitter talk about um, you know that they really do need a third tight end. I really hadn't thought about it as, you know, we've all kind of watched the offense and, you know, we've seen them, you know, be inconsistent and, and struggle in some areas. I hadn't really thought about that third tight end and kind of how, you know, losing Hearst uh, had affected their offense. But when somebody, I think it was Ken actually, McCusick who mentioned it to me and I was like, yeah, might, that might be something I need to look into because I hadn't really thought about that before. But, um, you know, Hearst obviously was a guy who can run. I mean, I know he wasn't targeted a ton, Hayden Hearst, course i'm talking about um wasn't targeted a ton but he's a guy who could run and probably had the best pair of hands on the team um so uh losing him had to have some impact uh on the offense i'm just not sure how to how how to quantify it um well look at this point uh i'll do like a another little go around uh and just let carrie or chris brian you know ask you a question if they have one because again we always like to be respectful of our guest time (laughs) Anybody who listens to the show knows that we have a tendency to go on and on and on <laughs> some more. Uh, but we don't want to we don't want to do that with our guests. So, um, Carrie, Chris, either either one of you guys have, have any other thing you want to you want to ask, Brian? Well, I, I personally not really a question. Just want to thank him for all the work he does. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've tweeted, wrote in an article, said in a conversation with somebody. Per Brian McFarlane, the Ravens have discipline <laughs> cap space. So, thank you for being that reference for all this ye- these years, and you know, thank you for what you do for um, the the Ravens fans and community. You know, it's huge having someone that you that you know and trust um, is going to give you the most accurate information. So, you know, I definitely uh, uh, quoted you quite a bit of times. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's, it's fun. It's my stri- I always just said to my wife, it's my strange little hobby, and uh, she has uh, indulged me um, when I'm writing articles or uh, or doing things like that. So, or when I'm, you know, deep in thought, she kind of like because I, I actually enjoy it more than my regular job. <laughs> 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 uh, but it's you know, so it's a labor of love for sure. Well, I want to echo that uh, just because I I don't know that I mean. Sometimes, you know, you don't you don't realize how good you have it until you look around. And I don't know if there's any other fan base that has someone who's as knowledgeable about cap and contract matters who, you know, is not affiliated with the team um, in, in terms of, of, of working for the team. I don't know if there's yeah. any other fan base that I've seen on Twitter anyway that has anybody like you. So there are a few of us around. We have a, a little group started as a Yahoo group back in okay. the, going back in the day. And I don't even know how I found it, but it was a, a amateur capologist thing. Um, so we're all we're we're all still we have a we have a you know huge running uh, DM thread in in Twitter and went you know something I haven't seen this one before. What do you guys think? So uh, the guy Jason who runs over the cap is part of that. Mm. Uh, there's a, a guy from the Steelers and uh, uh, Patriots, uh, the Houston Texans. So a couple of, there are a couple of Green Bay Packers. So there's a couple of us around, but. Uh, uh, most of the guys, they know their stuff. I mean, they really do, but, uh, yeah. So, and we've all learned from each other over the years too, which is kind of cool. So Chris, let me, let me throw that to you. Did you have any other questions or comment for Brian? Cause I, I do have one question. I, I don't know. We, we can't get out of here without talking about this. I mean, it's Steelers week, but you, you, you go first. Chris. All right. Yeah. Just want to echo what, what, uh, Mike and Kerry said too, because countless times where I run to, to Russell street report to read, you know, some of your articles and obviously on Twitter, you know, your old, anytime someone is traded or someone signed, you're the first go to. Like if there was a, a a ticker to see how many times your page has been visited, it would go nuts that day. But um, yeah, just thank you for that. And um, also have I don't I don't know. Would you I would say this. Would you ever if the opportunity was presented to you would you ever work for the ravens or is it one of those deals where you where you like this is my hobby i love it and i don't want it to become a job so then i won't love it as much 
Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd take that chance. Um, if, but, you know, at this point, um, if I was 25 and they were you know, offering me an entry-level job at entry-level pay, it'd pro- I'd probably jump all over it. Um, at my age at this point, taking an entry-level job is not, uh, <laughs> despite, you know, despite what, you know, what I think I know, there's, there's a whole lot more uh, that these guys uh, know and, you know, that they, as far as the, uh, the thing I don't, I don't know well is how they plan out next year and the year after and the year after and the year after, because mm-hmm. there's so much knowledge that they know about how the cap, what they expect the cap to go up to. Um, you know, as far as the things like that, um, that, you know, it's hard for me to speculate when it comes to, I can speculate about next year because we generally know it's cap goes up a little bit, but when we talk about these long-term deals and the way they structure them, it's, you know, a lot of that is, is, is a little outside of my, uh, as far as negotiating them and things like that, that would be way outside of my, uh, wheelhouse. All right. So here's, here's my last one. Uh, unless anybody else has anything, you pause. I'll go ahead, Mike. No, you're good. Okay, because it's Steelers week, so I don't think we can get out of here without talking about this game. And Carrie and Chris both know that I personally don't like predictions, so I certainly don't ask anybody else to make any predictions. But I am interested just in in your thoughts, Brian. I guess we'll go around, too. We'll start with Brian, and I'll I'll, I'll get you guys, Carrie and Chris, on it, too. Just your thoughts about this game. you know, how, you, how do you, you see it playing out? You know, what do you think are, are maybe some, some key things uh, that, that need to happen in order for the Ravens to get out of there with a win? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, uh, Steeler games, I'm always uh, pessimistic about, I guess we'll say. Um, I, I'm naturally that about a lot of games, but it seems like Steeler games even more so. I hate why, I'd rather be at the stadium to watch a Steeler game than on TV. I don't know why I get more intense. Uh, I get a more intense feeling watching it on TV. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to explain that. Other teams, other road games, home games. You know, our road games. It's not that big of a deal with Steelers. I'd rather be at the game for some reason. So that's that's unfortunate. But um, you know, the Steelers are playing well. Um, have they? Other than obviously the other than uh, than uh, uh, Tennessee. They haven't um, really had a hard schedule, and they've, you know, they let the Broncos hang around with them. Um, you know, other teams have hung around with them when you wouldn't expect. So uh, their wide receivers scare me, um, even though our secondary is, you know, is, is our strength. And obviously, uh, hopefully, we got to get to Ben. I was um, trying to remember who I was listening to. It must have been on um, on Sirius, but they were talking about how um, Roethlisberger is getting the ball up much quicker this year. Um, and, you know, so that negates the, the rush a bit. So I hope the Ravens are paying attention to that. Um, maybe with Nagakwe, we can now rush just four um, and not try to do too many blitzing because as much as we tried to blitz Mahomes, it obviously didn't work out very well. Um, and um, and Roethlisberger, I did, they also said that his, his numbers against man-to-man are, are really high, but against zone, not so high, which I thought was interesting. So, um, so hopefully the Ravens are paying attention to that. Um, and obviously, you know, Lamar hasn't played terribly, but he, you know, that accuracy. I don't know if it, you know, of course everybody's denied it, and you know, mechanics. And, oh no, I, my mechanics are fine. His mechanics are fine, but I do wonder if not having the off season, not having the OTAs, made a real difference. Because last year when he came in, I mean, his mechanics were 100% better than the year before. And they're, uh, I don't know what the percentage better they were last year than they are now, but it's definitely, uh, I think it's a difference. So uh, I think that kind of hurt him. Um, not that he wasn't working out and all, but just having, you know, the, the oversight to say, hey, your arm's slipping and this and that. Um, so, so I, you know, I won't give a prediction either. Obviously, Steeler games are, you know, pretty much a three-point game one way or the other. Um I, they, you know, it's going to be, it's a, it's an, it's a, obviously it's always a fun game, always a huge game, but uh, they need it because that being two games down to the Steelers yeah. and then having to go to Pittsburgh, you know, for the flip side, it's going to be tough. So, um, so, um, I hope they win. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. And I think pessim- pessimistic is probably a great way to describe it because my wife, 
uh, tells me all the time that I'm not a real Ravens fan because yes. I spend the whole week finding ways that the other team can beat them. Uh, right. and, and, and that's with all of the teams, let alone the Steelers, who, um, you know, are, like you mentioned, are playing pretty well, uh, come in, you know, very talented on both sides of the ball. So uh, and, and special teams. Everybody knows I'm a big special teams fan. So I pay a lot of attention to that and watch out for this guy, Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, you know, this this guy, if he if you if you don't get him down on the ground, he's one of those quicker than fast, even though he's, he's probably pretty fast, too. But. Um, you you don't get your hands on him. Uh, there could be a problem in uh, in the kicking game. So let me start with you on this, Kerry. What are your thoughts uh, about the game and uh, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think Brian hit on a huge point with me. I mean, these are two heavyweight defenses going after each other. Two of the highest blitz percentages. Actually, I believe the two highest blitz percentages in the league uh, are, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, but I'm looking very closely at um, what they do um, and adjust to um, Ben Roethlisberger um, getting the ball out quicker. I think he's I, I, I want to say he's got his lowest um, yards per attempt in maybe like 10 years or, or more. Um, and, you know, they're they're really kind of keying in on getting the ball out quick to uh, Deontay Johnson and Claypool and giving them guys scheme touches and just giving them a chance to make plays. So I think it's going to be um, very important for the Ravens to be sound in their tackling. And then also they need to try to impact those throwing lanes. You know, Ben is going to be looking for these easy, quick kind of layup um, plays to get the ball to his playmakers, whether it's Claypool or, Deontay Johnson or, you know, Connor out of the backfield, Juju in the slot. So, you know, having a big guy like Calais Campbell uh, getting up in those passing lanes, um, you know, batting some balls down is going to be huge. Um, and, you know, the other thing I'll be looking at is the offensive line. I mean, we know what kind of defensive line, uh, you know, the, the Steelers team has. So I, I won't be delusional and, you know, expect – this Ravens offensive line to go in there and get an A on this test. They just can't get an F. <laughs> no, that defensive line is legitimate. And uh, I got a chance to watch the Tennessee game and the Eagles game. And, you know, they're, they're doing some of this drop eight in the coverage sort of deal. And they're only rushing three. And typically, you know, when you see that, I mean, I know Ravens fans will think back to the Dean Pease days of the, th- the three man rush and kind of have some heartburn over there. So you're thinking about a three man rush and you're thinking, oh, well, that's, you know, that that's that's not a good thing for them. Right. That, that should be an advantage for the Ravens offense. Well, when your three man is uh, Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tewitt and J.J. Watt, uh, not J.J., T.J. Watt or Bud Dupree, they kind of rotate you know, those two guys in terms of who that third person is, you still got a darn good three-man rush. And when you got eight guys in coverage, there's just nowhere to go with the ball. And those guys are actually still able to get a rush. So uh, I'm not happy that they rolled that out. Uh, I, I really didn't like to see that because <laughs> I think that's a really tough, a uh, really tough defense to play against. But Chris, let me, let me get your thoughts uh, on the game and then we'll, we'll wrap up. So how do, how do you think it's going to play out, Chris? Um, I, I think, the way it goes is uh, the way the O line performs is the way the game goes. So if the O line can hold up against you know that defense that you guys spoke about, I think the game should go the Ravens' way. But like you said, they on defense they just been clicking on all cylinders. And uh, a guy that that he's that's not talked about a lot on that defense was a guy who was ridiculed uh, when they drafted him in the first round, and that's Terrell Edmonds. He's been playing a lot better, and now they're bringing him down in the box more with uh, Devin Bush gone now. Um, I saw them interchanging uh, Spillane, Robert Spillane, the the linebacker that took over for Devin Bush. He's more of a downhill guy, but on passing downs, I see Terrell Edmonds taking taking on a bigger role too. And uh, he's stepped up quite a bit. And, and I'm sure the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick helped his progression a little bit too. So though that's a guy who, who's been – kind of under the radar but this season he's starting to blossom a little bit more and and, you know you have the usual suspect with those two edge rushers and with to and and uh hayward on on the interior so it's gonna be rough and i know like brian brought up you know not having yonda in a game like this i wish he could gain 
you know, 80 pounds and just suit up to <laughs> for this game this weekend. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be rough. Uh, so we'll see how it goes on the O-line. But as far as defense, I'm actually not as scared as I thought I would be on the defensive side um, because we're not seeing Big Ben take that many deep shots anymore. And he's he's not really willing to travel outside the pocket as much as he used to. Uh, those old legs aren't aren't getting up as high as they used to. So I think keeping him uh, keeping him in the pocket, which is what he's already been doing more this season than in seasons past. And having a guy like Calais Campbell who can get up and get into throwing lanes. And then with the addition of of uh, Yannick and Gakwe, bring some heat off the edge. Um, and then obviously the secondary with the corners that the Ravens have. I think they match up really well, and uh, it's on, on when the Ravens are on defense and the Steelers are on offense. It's like a like a boxing match of two technical fighters, and you're like, all right, this is going to be a good fight, and and I'm more, you know, my, I'm a little bit more excited about that than the slugfest that's going to be going on when the Steelers are on defense and the Ravens are on offense. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, Brian mentioned it. Whenever they get together, it's usually a three point game or less. But you know what? Uh, a lot of the offensive guys for the Ravens have been saying for weeks now that the offense is close, right, to really clicking. I would not be upset if this was the game that everything started hitting on all cylinders on offense. Uh, that would be awesome. But it's always uh, it's always entertaining when those two teams get together. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody in sports, including the players, say it's it's the best rivalry in sports. So really looking forward to it. So, uh, Brian, I want to thank you again for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, as, as always, um, you can follow him on Twitter at Raven salary cap. You can also see his work over at Russell street report. And it sounds like he's, you're not on the message boards as much, but no, now it's been a while. <laughs> okay. So don't look there. Don't look there for him. Twitter and Russell street. Report. There you go. <laughs> okay. And, uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll be back next week, uh, with another pod and hopefully we'll be celebrating. So until then, uh, talk to you guys later. Thanks for having me on, Jenna. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.